We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Everybody, Sports Daily on KFH. Jacob Albrock, Tommy Caster, alongside you here on uh, a difficult day in the sports world, to be certain. We all uh, are aware and saw what happened last night on Monday Night Football. Uh, it's a unique situation, I think, to everybody. It's a situation that we've all feared uh, when we watch the game that we love. And football, DeMar Hamlin <clears throat> goes down uh, on a hit. And gets up, collapses, uh, gets life-saving measures on the field that, uh, thankfully, it appears worked. And now we wait for the long-term status of a young player for the Bills in a situation that just is really strange to all of us because we've never seen it before. Uh, Jacob Albrock, Tommy Caster here with you today. We'll try and navigate through it, get you the very latest. We do not have an update this morning on DeMar Hamlin. Uh, we just know what we knew last night, which is essentially he had cardiac arrest. His heartbeat stopped. They got his heartbeat going again. They got him to the hospital uh, and are doing things to help him now. He's in critical condition. Tommy, this was this was a very strange and scary night for a game that we were all excited about that immediately nobody really cared about anymore, and, and it's just... It's the most strange, I think, because we've never seen anything like it, and it's obviously terrifying. Yeah, you knew pretty quickly that this was different than other injuries that we've seen in the NFL uh, over the years. Uh, and you could tell that with the urgency that the medical staff and the, the athletic trainers 
uh, used to get to DeMar Hamlin on the field and then the urgency in which they were working on him on the field. Um, you could tell by the reaction of the players, especially the Bills players, uh, visible emotions, uh, tears, hugging, uh, several of them turning away. Um, just a, a hard situation. Um, th- there's really there's really no words to describe it outside of just the human emotion of it. Uh, football doesn't matter. It, j- it simply doesn't matter. Um, we've never seen anything like that before. Uh, in a football game at least. And um, yeah, I had a, I had a hard time uh, sleeping last night. Right. And I'm sure a lot of people did uh, because you witness something like that. Um, and then you don't really have an update. Um, you just know he's in critical condition at a hospital in uh, Cincinnati and you, you hope and pray for the best. Much like the crew on ESPN, I think did a great job last night. We'll try and navigate it. It's it's weird to talk about because the very obvious statement is everybody just wants to know how Demar Hamlin is. There's a lot that goes into it, though. Um, you know, it was I, I think, and it's impossible to do with the instant reaction, fire from the hip world of social media that we live in. But you know, sometimes I think. Like a little grace and patience is absolutely necessary in these situations in in both the short and long term. You know, the NFL took a lot of heat because on the broadcast it was said that they're being given five minutes to warm up and then they'll play again, which didn't make sense to anybody at the time. Well, afterward, Troy Vincent, the NFLPA uh, leader basically said, we don't know where that came from. That's definitely not true. Like that, you know, and, and he said, I was a part of that conversation. Like that was me and the commissioner and the officials on the field. We never said anything like that. We don't know where that came from. Um, so those discussions apparently happened. And, you know, I, I don't know, uh, again, other than grace and patience, what anybody expects. Like, there is a standard for what these situations present, not this one specifically because it was obviously different when somebody's heart stops. But on these injuries, you know, we kind of see it's a significant injury. It's it's frightening. Guys get taken away from the field, and the game resumes. A situation like last night, I don't think has ever happened before. So everybody's trying to navigate it in real time with cameras in their faces. Um, and ultimately, the right decision was made. Maybe it took 15 minutes longer. But that doesn't bother me as much because everybody's trying to figure out what's happening. One, I mean, you've got... Nobody getting updates on DeMar Hamlin, including decision makers, right? Like nobody knows what's going on at that point. It's it's They're just trying to get him where he needs to go. And so ultimately the coaches got together with the officials. Everybody got to the right decision. It took a little while, but of course it's going to take a little while. And in the aftermath, there are all kinds of logistics. You know, how do you get teams home? Do, do guys stay? What are we going to do with this game? Do we have to get with the TV networks now and adjust schedules? Like how do we do all of this? That's a complicated formula, and everybody wants the right answer right now. Like, we need this decision made in five minutes. What are we going to do? And I just don't know how realistic that is, so I don't want to pile on the league because I think ultimately we got to the right place. And I don't know what the future is either, by the way. I don't know what the right thing to do is. I don't know if they should play the game. I don't know if they should not play the game. In a perfect world, DeMar Hamlin's okay, and we can let him make that decision, right? Like, he can tell us if he wants that game to be played, but... I, I don't know what the right thing is in the aftermath because, again, we've never seen anything like this. 
And it's legitimately everybody that loves football's greatest fear. It's every coach's greatest fear. It's every player's greatest fear. It's every parent's greatest fear. It's every fan's greatest fear. Like, nobody wants to see anything like that. It's what we're all afraid of. And it happened in such a unique way. We Like, we weren't prepared for something like that. This wasn't a head injury. Like, that's what we all feared. Who Who'd ever thought cardiac arrest was going to, you know what I mean? Like, we just, we don't think about that kind of stuff. When it happens every day to people, it's just, it's wild, it's crazy, and, you know, again, every all anybody really cares about, I think, for the most part right now, is that he's okay, and we don't know that again. We don't know, we don't have a solid update this morning other than they got his heart going again last night. Uh, I never played football. Uh, I didn't play at any level, never played in elementary school, middle school, high school. I, I, I never played, uh, and and so I cannot put myself in the shoes uh, of anybody that has played, but I do know that there is an inherent risk of injury. Like, right, you you play football, you know going out there that you're going to get injured at some point, right? And you hope and you pray that it's minor. Um, we've seen significant injuries in the NFL in the middle of games before. Think of Alex Smith with the Redskins. His leg snapped. Same thing happened with Joe Theismann. Um, you know, think about Tua Tagovailoa this year and the head injuries and the concussions. Um, think about Ryan Shazier with the Pittsburgh Steelers paralyzed on a play in the middle of a game, had to learn how to walk again. We've seen these things happen, but what we've never seen before is mortality, potentially life and death situations in the middle of a game on a football field. That's uncharted territory. That's never happened before. Um, and I can guarantee you, even though I've never played, I can guarantee you that guys that are in their 20s and early 30s that are playing this game at the highest level, they know that there is a risk of injury. They know that at some point in their career, they're going to get injured. But I guarantee you that none of them have ever thought, I might lose my life while I'm playing this game. Uh, and, and that takes it to a whole new level. That takes it to um, unprecedented territory. Uh, and, and so that's what makes this so monumental and a moment that deserves the, um, the the reverence that I think that we're giving it and that everyone is giving it today um, because we've never seen anything like this before. Going back to your point about uh, having the right decision at the right time, um, whether or not it came from the league, somebody somewhere, whether it was an official or whatever, uh, seemed to tell the teams that we're going to play this game uh, in the aftermath of – the injury and DeMar Hamlin being carted off the field. Joe Buck said it multiple times that they had five minutes to warm up. So somewhere, maybe it was a lack of communication or miscommunication. There was a lot going on at that time, and I can extend grace and and, and patience in that. But somewhere along the line, the teams were told that they were going to play. You saw Joe Burrow on the sideline warming up. You saw Stephon Diggs trying to rally his teammates like they were going back out on the field. So somewhere that message was uh, conveyed that they were going to go back out and play. Credit to Zach Taylor for going across the field, talking to Sean McDermott. And ultimately, they pulled both teams off the field. And, and you know, so if there was, regardless of where it came from, if there was some sort of message that was communicated to the teams that we were going to try to play the game, the coaches took it into their own hands and said, we're not having our players go back out there on the field. Yeah, that was that was the right thing to do. And both of those guys stepped up. I, I think, you know, either, either somebody – with the league office, whether it's lying, which I I don't I don't know that that would be 
likely, or I, I think you're right. I think some sort of miscommunication, and I think it could come from as simple and innocent as a place is. This is what normally happens. Once the sure. ambulance leaves, they take five minutes, they get warmed up, and they go. I'm not sure how realistic it is for the people on the field that aren't tethered to their phones getting any sort of update or camera angle or anything like that. It could be as simple as an official just saying, okay, here's what we normally do. Let's do yeah. it. And then and then it just takes a minute. And I think that's okay. Like, it, I think a lot of times in – you know, any sort of grief, and even in like the immediate, and, and I don't think grief is too hard a word for, for all of us there, because it is a type of like, like we're trying to process it. We look for somebody to blame, right? Like somebody has, like this, somebody's responsible for this. And I saw a lot of, you know, we have to fix this game. It's too violent. We have to do this. It's too dangerous. The league has got to make a better decision. Like all of this stuff, like we're all looking for somebody to blame for what happened when there's a great chance that what happened is so extraordinary we've never seen it before and and that was the theme for everybody players brought like everybody had the same reaction like we've never seen anything like this so i don't think we have to like lash out at something we just have to process it and here's what happened and it's a cardiac arrest it kills more people in this country than anything and and the fact that that made its way to a football field for a seemingly healthy young person is something we've never seen before we're not going to speculate on what happened because we don't know. Doctors will tell us when the time's right, or DeMar Hamlin will tell us when the time's right. Somebody will. But we know now through the Buffalo Bills that it was cardiac arrest. That's why, as most people who are familiar assumed, the pads were cut off and the defibrillators and CPR was immediately administered. As soon as that happened, you could find every you know, medical person in the world thinking, oh, my God, his heart stopped. And and they got it going again. And credit to those trainers. I mean, my God, you're you're like – you're trying to do your job with millions and millions and millions of people watching you do it. And they did it, and kudos to them because that was pretty remarkable speed and uh, work that they were able to do what they do. But we've never seen players' faces like that either. So, you know, we had the luxury of seeing those reactions and seeing those things from all the cameras. Not everybody in that stadium had that. I mean, you know, People in the stands, if they had cell phone reception, maybe were trying to figure it out. I'm sure officials didn't know exactly what was happening. Uh, you know, it was really just everything was happening so fast. And and I think, <clears throat> and I can't remember the exact timeline, but it was within an hour, right, that everybody was cleared and the game was called and everything. It felt like forever, right? It felt like this thing was lasting so long, but it really wasn't that long to have to to sort through and figure out what was going on. Because I'm sure, too, the people having to make big-time and important decisions were also in a state of, you know, whatever type of grief where it was like, how is this player? Like, you know, you got to step, and that's part of being a leader, right? Like, you got to step up and make these difficult decisions and navigate it. But everybody, including those people, like, all anybody wants to know is, is he okay? Is he alive? Right? That was the, look, it was everybody's reaction. When we saw the players react that way, everybody thought the same thing. I had 50 text messages from different people and different and everybody thought the same thing when we saw the camera angles of the players' faces. Is he alive? You know, and at the time, I don't, I'm not sure that he was, but they got him back. And so that shocking, jarring piece of it has to have some time to to ripple out a little bit and then decisions are going to be made 
I just I cannot believe what we saw because it, it it was our great. You know, we fear this like we all do when we watch football games. We fear that something like this could happen, and it happened in a way I think that none of us expect. We've seen athletes die before in practice, exhaustion, cardiac arrest, and but never in a game like that. I mean, we just don't see it. It's it's wild to imagine that it happened, and it's even wilder to try to react to it in real time. Uh, I want to be very clear. I, I'm not I'm not out looking for a villain. Um, I'm not, I'm certainly not blaming this person for what happened, but the only person that I think of that I'm disappointed in right now, uh, 12 hours later is Roger Goodell. Where is Roger Goodell? Where's he been? We haven't heard from Roger Goodell at all. We've heard from Troy Vincent. We've not heard from Roger Goodell. He's the commissioner of the sport. Uh, and and I I tweeted this last night. Um, this is a moment for a, a decisive and vocal leader. Uh, it's the time for a leader in Roger Goodell. And, and you're absolutely right. Like people want an instantaneous reaction and that's not, that's not fair, right? Uh, you need some time to process. You need some time to figure out the, 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 the situation and then react to it. Uh, and that's what a leader does. We're 12 hours. We're over 12 hours past that time. Um, where is he? Uh, I can think of multiple occasions of, situations that are, are not not quite like this, but national tragedies, national mourning situations where you've had commissioners that have been vocal and, you know, stepping out. Um, you know, think of, and this was a long time ago before our time, but think of when JFK was assassinated and the football season was going on and Pete Rozelle um, played football games that weekend. Uh, he was the commissioner at the time, uh, but he made a decisive decision, right? Uh, he was vocal in that regard. He was visible in all of that. Uh, when 9-11 happened, you saw there were lots of sports going on at that point. NFL, MLB, like it was happening and the commissioners were vocal and they were present and you, you know, they, they were in front of cameras and they were they were answering questions. Where is Roger Goodell? Uh, the, the, the league pays him and the teams, the owners pay him a significant amount of money to lead in situations like that and to be forward facing. I'd like to know where he is in this moment. Yeah, I don't know the answer to that. I know that it's I, – I don't know what sort of leverage he has to jump in and immediately say the game's canceled. I don't think they can do that. I think they have well, to I'm get not with players' but union. Even, even if it's not – Even if now, yeah, no, I don't – just being visible and hey, we I don't understand know. what's going on. Hey, I'm the I'm the face of the NFL, and I want to let you know we're going to do everything that we can to make sure that everything is taken care of. Like even yeah. something, even a non-answer answer, just be somewhere, be present. Yeah, we're we haven't nobody's seen him at all. Yeah, we're we're thinking about the player. Yeah, I I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. I I'm not sure. Um, I just I can't like I can't. I cannot believe it, and I can't believe the reactions of players on the field. Like, that was, yeah. to me, like, the craziest part was having to see them see that. And and they're close enough because they're literally standing there. Like, they know what's happening, and that's yeah. why they were as emotional as they were. Like, you, you could see the same thought we all had after we saw their faces was the thought they were having live on television – and I think that just shook everything. And again, like there's so many pieces of it that are crazy. I think all the ESPN broadcasters deserve a lot of credit. And they kept coming to him. And that was the right thing to do, by the way. I know a lot of people yeah. said they should just cut away. No, I don't agree at all. Um, I, I think that 
there's a responsibility there. You're in a you're in a live breaking news situation on national television that the majority of the country's watching. You can't break away from that because everybody wants information. Uh, there may be an argument. I, I suppose you could make whether they need the information, but but in the world that we live in, yes, need the information. So all of these. Um, analysts and sports broadcasters become news broadcasters at the flip of a switch. And I think that everybody involved in that did a really, really nice job of trying to navigate that, um, of really showing their chops of, and, and, you know, crazy things bring out the best in people. And I, and I thought that they did a great job. I thought the head coaches did a great job. You know, the officials did a great job. And ultimately, all the right decisions, I think, were made. Um, so I, I think everyone handled it fine. It was just, you know, we're all – and we all do that anytime. Like, it's like, oh, my God. Like, yeah. we, we got to just, like, figure so, – like, everyone – you know, there's a lot of – I don't know if virtue signaling is the right word. But there's a lot of that that happens in the immediate, like, aftermath. Like, everybody wants – and I get it. Like, we're all trying to – to like feel a little bit better about it or find some answer to why or how this can happen and what, but I, I, I think there has to be some time to just, this has never happened before and this is crazy and it's really scary and yeah, somebody could die and we still don't know what DeMar Hamlin's status is. I'm glad that you mentioned the ESPN broadcasters uh, because I was going to ask you about that. I feel like you're, uh, in your role, in your profession, you're uniquely qualified to comment on that because you work in sports, but then you also anchor newscasts. So you have to kind of bridge that gap between sports and news on a daily basis. And that's what those guys on ESPN did uh, last night. And, you know, and I'm talking about everybody. I thought Joe Buck yeah. and Troy Aikman did a phenomenal job in balancing Absolutely. that. I thought Lisa Salters became a news reporter on the scene yeah. and she did a phenomenal job on that. Um, and then when they went back to the studio with Adam Schefter and Booger McFarland and uh, Susie Colbert, and then, of course, turning it over to Scott Van Pelt, there's nobody else that I would rather have in that situation right. than SVP. He, he, he struck the right tone. He was phenomenal. And so I'm glad that you referenced that because I've been wanting to ask you from your, from your profession, from what you do on a daily basis, your opinion on the way that was all handled. I watched it all, and it was all well done. You know, it's you've got the instant reaction of – the people there on the scene and and they did such a good, and of course Joe Buck's going to handle that well because Joe yep. Buck's job is to describe what he's seeing. And that he kept it that simple, right? Describe what he's seeing and ask Troy Aikman for some perspective. And he did that fine. His tone was perfect. Um, Lisa Salters turned it. Lisa Salters probably has the job. That's the most like a news reporter anyway, right? That's what she's doing down there. Anyway, she's looking for information and relaying that information as quickly and succinctly as she can. Um, probably I, I would think one of the more difficult spots would be the studio afterward, because now you're trying to, you're not trying to like stretch it out, but you're trying to provide perspective when there isn't perspective to really have yet, because nobody has the information. Um, ESPN put a reporter at the hospital, which was the right thing to do. I, look, I think there's so much similarity in what a sports and news broadcaster does anyway. I think there's that's why there's there's a growing number of people that do what I do that do both. Because really, you are just describing what you're seeing. Um, you're just trying to communicate information the best way possible. What Scott Van Pelt does so well is he conveys emotion so well. Always has, yeah. always will. 
he just is very in tune with his ability to uh, verbalize and, and put into words what people are feeling and what he's feeling. And I think he's reached a point where he's totally comfortable to to put his own on his sleeve and just let everybody roll with that with him. That's why people like him. That's why he's so genuine. That's why he's one of the best. And Ryan Clark obviously has a very unique perspective because he's been in some scary injury situations. So that was all good. It was all fine. Um, and and it was the job that they had to do. You, you as a viewer have the choice to be like, okay, I'm just going to step back and, and do something else until we get more information. But the reality is they don't have that choice. Like they've got to get as much information as they can responsibly, as quickly as they can, relay that information, react to it, try to make sense of everything that went along with it. And they did that, and they did that well. And, you know, I, I think that they just described what we were all seeing. And, and and that's a tough thing to do when you're all shocked by it, right? You weren't expecting a situation like that. You go into a tense news environment and you've got your adrenaline flowing and you're sort of ready for something crazy to happen or severe weather or, oh my God, I might roll up on what a tornado hit. You know, what could I... Nobody was prepared for that last night. It happened suddenly. So you had to make that switch and... And I thought we felt that, and they, they just they really did a good job. So kudos to them. And I'm sure the coverage on the radio was good too here. Um, I didn't hear it. I was watching it. So pe- people step up in those moments. And I, and I thought just across the board, everybody did last night, and we're all really hopeful for DeMar Hamlin. I'm not a doctor. I don't want to speculate on anything moving forward. All we know for sure, based on reports last night, what the Bills put out there was cardiac arrest. His heart stopped. They got it going again. He's in critical care. We're going to get information all day today, um, and there'll be a lot of it. There, there has to be some plan now from the League 2 with this game, which obviously isn't important right now, but it will be important in a few days. We know how this world works. Everybody's going to want to know what that means for you know, for the League and everything else. So that those conversations have had to be happened. Do they even play this game? I think it's fine if they don't. I think it's fine if they do, if that's what DeMar Hamlin and or players and coaches feel like they need to do. So I'm going to step back from an opinion on that and just see what happens because I don't really have one. I don't know what the right answer to that is. Um, But we'll get one eventually, maybe today, maybe in the next handful of days. We'll talk to Dan Israel about it. We think coming up in the next hour, get his perspective as somebody who's seen a lot of football. And we'll continue to touch on it throughout the show. Uh, Some other things happening. We've got big news for K-State football. Uh, we got some college basketball games tonight that we'll sort through. We'll take your thoughts on the situation last night, 869-1240. Jacob Albrock, Tommy Caster, Jad Chambers on a on a strange day to be in Sports Talk Radio, but we'll be with you navigating through it for the next hour and a half. Sports Daily coming right back. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot. 
Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast t-mobile has invested billions to light up america's largest 5g network from big cities to small towns including right here in yours and great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Welcome back, everybody. Sports Daily, KFH, Jacob Albrock, Tommy Castor, Jad Chambers, taking you through a very strange day in the sports world. Uh, DeMar Hamlin, no update this morning on his medical condition, collapsed on the field, cardiac arrest last night. Uh, won't speculate why or how that happened, uh, but it was after a hit, stood up, cardiac arrest, they got his heart going again, he's in the hospital, and it was one of the stranger things we've ever seen in a sporting event. Um Tommy, other things going on last night, and we'll try to navigate those and just keep our eye and our ears to any sort of updates on on Hamlin that we can. Uh, Deuce Vaughn, as K-State loses its game to Alabama, certainly not the performance they wanted. Uh, they got the stage. It was, um, you know, it looked good in the beginning. Uh, tough decision at the end of the first half, seemingly took it a different direction. Then we get the reaction, and now sort of the place where we can look to the future of the program. Deuce Vaughn is out. And we wondered about this, and there was some thought that he would be back uh, based on NIL, but he will not. He will go test the NFL waters, and, you know, he will be remembered as one of the great Wildcats ever, I think. Uh, you know, I have been around the program as close to it for as long, about a decade now, and he's certainly in the last decade one of, if not the most memorable Wildcat. Uh, but he's in that conversation, and what a career – uh, too bad the Sugar Bowl ended the way it did, but Deuce Vaughn, man, what what a wildcat and and what a potential fun player to watch in the NFL. There's a part of me that wonders if Deuce Vaughn hadn't broken off that long touchdown run at the beginning of the Sugar Bowl. 
uh, if maybe he would be back. And I'm, and I don't know. I mean, maybe he had made up his mind prior to that, but uh, that was sure a, a great way to go out. I know the team didn't win, uh, but being able to break off a huge run early in that game against Alabama's defense, um, that's that's going to be a huge national profile touchdown for Deuce Vaughn. Uh, and then putting his name in for the draft, uh, he's got. Uh, indications that he's going to be able to play on Sundays. And so because of that, we've had conversations about his viability in the NFL, where he's going to be drafted, the amount of money that he can make in the NFL versus potentially NIL dollars at Kansas State returning for another year. Um, I get it. I understand it. He's probably what projected as a mid-round pick, like a third, fourth, fifth round, somewhere around there pick in the NFL. The only knock on Deuce Vaughn is going to be his, his size. Um, but I, I still think that he will be able to find a roster and be able to impact uh, at a pretty high level in the NFL. Yeah, I think so too. I I, I think that he's going to be. I think he's going to be a pro that lasts for a long time. I don't know that I think he'll be like a full time running back for some team. Um, that typically doesn't happen historically with guys of his stature and size. And I'm not sure that's his best role anyway. But, man, I think there's a lot of teams that could use his skill set as a complement to what they already have. We saw Darren Sproles thrive in that role for a long, long time. Think about think about it right now, and I'll use an example of a team we follow closely in the Chiefs. Think about a mixture of a guy like Isaiah Pacheco with Deuce Vaughn playing essentially the role that, like, Jarek McKinnon plays right now, right? And, and Deuce Vaughn's bigger than Jarek McKinnon, but a similar dynamic playmaker that can be used in certain ways to highlight his skill set I, I absolutely think in today's NFL there's a place for that and that's where it gets really interesting to think about like what could be his fate on draft day because if you've got here here's what I would and this is a you know way too early guess at what we'll see happen with Deuce Vaughn in the draft I think a really good team already will be more likely to take a chance on him and in an earlier round than maybe the consensus on his status is because they'll feel like they're close enough to add a player like him to maybe put their offense over the hump. I don't think we're going to see anybody sit back and be, and say, oh, we want Deuce Vaughn to be our 25 carry a game running back, right? But But I do think that we could see a good team take a risk because he could elevate that offense to that final level that they feel like could get them over the edge. And that's the difference between a player like Deuce Vaughn and a player like Brees Hall. Uh, well, the sure. New York Jets took Brees Hall uh, with the the mindset that he was going to be their bell cow running back. And he was. And he was yeah, they were right. incredibly talented at it until he went down with that injury. Um, Deuce Vaughn is a little bit different where I think he can be a good compliment. I think he can be a good change of pace back. Um, and we've seen what Deuce Vaughn can do not only out of the backfield, but also catching passes. Um, he was very very talented in in that regard this season and even in last season too uh, and so him being able to provide that to an NFL team not only running the football out of the backfield but catching the football as well uh, yeah I, I definitely think that there's a place for him on an NFL roster I think that there is a argument to be made that and, and I don't exactly know and we'll we'll find out more as the offseason rolls on, as we get closer to draft time, where he's projected. But if I'm an NFL general manager um, and I'm in need of, you know, kind of what you were talking about, a team that needs another offensive complement, uh, why not take a third round pick? 
and, and, and spend it on Deuce Vaughn. Um, I, I would I would not be opposed to an NFL team going that high uh, on Deuce no. Vaughn. I, he might fall to four or five, but I wouldn't be shocked at all to see him go in the third. Well, it could be so need specific. That's what I mean. Like I don't I don't know that he's going to just like have. Here's where he ranks among running backs, and he'll be the X number you yeah. know running back taken. I I think it'll be more specific than that. And I think that's where the chance he gets drafted higher comes into play. Like, if there's a team that, you know, it's like, man, what could we do to put ourselves over the edge, right? And it'd take a good team to do that. What could we do to put a, you know, a team like the Chiefs would be the kind of team that could do it. Like, what little piece to that offense could make it even better, could make it even stronger? Um, there And there are a lot of teams like that, teams that deploy multiple running backs, like the Ravens, who are really good, right? Like, anybody that could just get use out of that. Uh, that's where it could come into play. But good luck to him. I mean, universally, everybody loves Deuce Vaughn. He's been a great wildcat. He's the first big decision of several on that roster. It does leave a gaping hole, you know, moving forward for K-State. And we'll see how they fill it. Um, because when we think about it now, there is a world that exists when the dust settles on this. K-State could be missing essentially all of its playmakers on offense right outside of Will Howard. We love that Will Howard's coming back and his opportunity. But what receivers is he, he going to have? Um, he won't have Deuce Vaughn. We know that now. Does Cooper Beebe go? Like, there, there's a lot of that in play now that puts— and, and look, the transfer portal could be fruitful also. And and there's a lot of that that come in, could come into play, and guys get opportunities and all these things. It's just sometimes it's a little jarring— how excited you are and, you know, K-State football and they got this Sugar Bowl opportunity and then the game doesn't go very well and Deuce Vaughn's leaving and it's like, ah, like everything, you know, what, wait, 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 like give, give us a second to breathe here. <laughs> but but obviously Deuce Vaughn and these players don't have that second. They got to make a decision like yesterday, but uh, it's, it's, a, it's quite a turn in the last week for the program. And I think they're going to be fine, by the way. Uh, but, but it does make the offseason a little bit more difficult because that's, that's everything. I mean, Deuce Vaughn's everything to that offense. Well, one of the silver linings, though, DJ Giddens had a really good season backing up Deuce Vaughn. Um, you know, he rushed for six touchdowns and had over yeah. 500 yards on the ground this season. He's a redshirt freshman. All indications are that he'll be back. Um, and, and he was a good kind of one-two punch with Deuce Vaughn. And so he'll be able to, you would think, step into maybe more of that premier running back role next yep. season, depending on what they do in the transfer portal and all of that. But um, it, that was nice to see another running back outside of Deuce Vaughn be able to get production uh, because then you look at potentially him to be able to go in and, and step into that role next season. Oh yeah. he's going to be the guy. I don't think there's any question. And he's looked good. Um, he'll get a bigger opportunity, bigger role. That's great. I think for Deuce, it was like, this is where we're really going to see potentially the power of the NIL, right? Could, th could there be something enough enticing to keep him? But at that position, it's just so hard at that position where injuries are so high risk to not take your shot when you have it. And again, I don't know what his draft stat. I, I think he's as unpredictable a draft player as there'll be this year. Like his possibility of outcomes in the draft are literally all over the map. They could they could be anything, almost anything. You know, I don't think anybody's going to take him in the first round or anything, but that's about it. Like other than that, I could see really any scenario playing itself out and, and, We'll see. He knows what he's being told, and he knows, you know, what what's at stake here. I I do 
still believe that there was a world where the immediate financial future could have been the most fruitful in the NIL, depending on where he's drafted, but certainly not the most long-term, um, which is where you're trying to get drafted and get that second contract. So we'll see. Good luck to Deuce Vaughn. Uh, we'll keep an eye on that because we're going to have a lot of uh, we're have a lot of players making these types of decisions here pretty quick um, as we make our way through the end of the bowl season. Now, as we stare the championship game in the face, and we'll talk about that in a little bit as well. Uh, we'll come back. Eight six nine twelve forty is the number to call. Uh, still no updates here on Demar Hamlin. Certainly, where our attention is this morning. We'll keep an eye out for any of those updates. Uh, We'll try and track down Dan Israel, executive producer of the Chiefs Radio Network, in just a little bit, navigate some of this with him, and get to some college basketball on the slate tonight. We're now a couple of conference games in for everybody. We'll get through all of it on Sports Daily on a Tuesday. A quick segment here as we navigate through. Uh, everybody thinking about Demar Hamlin. <sighs> Demar Hamlin. One of the great things about us is we sort of uh, come together in moments like this. Tom is is just the good that comes out of it. Demar Hamlin's mom, I believe, has a daycare, and it's uh, he, he has a GoFundMe to just support that organization and had before. The goal, I think, was like $2,500. What are they up to now? About half a million? Yeah, almost um, 400000 or $4 over $4 million. Oh, it's uh, up on this. even that high? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Uh, three, what is it? I'm looking at it right now. I, I, my math is not good. $3,780,000 uh, on a $2,500 goal. Yeah, uh, I, I mean yeah. that that's the that's the kind of stuff that makes you feel good. Again, there is an outcome here that is still great, right? We we just don't know that. And we're not going we're not going to know that yet. Like it's going to take some time and and in these situations, trust me, hospitals are very careful. Updates on medical conditions if they don't come from somebody um close to the victim, it, it, you're you're probably not going to get it for a while. Because nobody wants to say the wrong thing. So, you know, his representative has been good about the updates. Um, so we'll just keep an eye out there. We don't know. Uh, but goodness can come from this, and it has. I, I, I think, you know, there's hope. Um, there's a lot of things that give you hope there. I, I saw, and, and I just saw this, and he put it out last night. And it's really interesting because I'd forgotten about this. So, you know, in, you know Jerry Lawler in pro wrestling, Tommy, right? Um, I, I think that. There was there was a situation like that for him, um, where where blunt force caused his, which you know seems like it's an, an something that's on the table potentially here, and and he was okay. So I, I don't know. I I just know that they got his heart going again, and and I'm so amazed by the work sometimes of paramedics and the people who have to act immediately in these situations. Um, and they did that with with the whole world watching. Um, so we'll continue to follow Demar Hamlin. That GoFundMe's out there. Um, it's to support, uh, I believe, his mom's child care endeavors. Uh, so a great cause. 
Uh, young player, late round pick, will need support likely as this thing comes on. He'll get that um, if he's able to to battle through this. And and it's pins and needles. And you know we we sit here and we wait on like what's going to happen with this game. How does it impact anything? I just don't think we're going to get any sort of decisions until we get some update on Demar Hamlin's health. Yeah, so um, I, I looked it up. Jerry Lawler um, in WWE had a heart attack at the commentary desk, um, and they took him away. Uh, they were able to get him stable. Um, apparently, the show went on, um, but I don't think there was any commentary for the rest of the night. Um, yeah, I, I kind of remember it, and he, he tweeted that it was Blunt Force that did that, and there's a there's a condition that does that. Again, we're not trying to speculate on anything, just provide perspective as it was pouring in from – people all over the landscape last night well and trying but to find perfect, other think of other situations that are similar to this we want good um, news. i know yeah th- there was a, a soccer player that had a cardiac arrest event i think he played for denmark i believe um yeah. and collapsed on the field uh they took him away i believe they finished the game like that night um and and the the player ended up being okay and resumed his career um so yeah this is unprecedented in football uh, but it's happened in other areas too. I, I think that you know a lot of the time, the outcome matters to to games being played. I, I don't know enough about, and nobody does except for the people in the room with him about what the status of Demar Hamlin is right now. I I do think there's a possibility that if he is able to battle through, that you know, he and teams would want to play the game, right? You know, right. I, so I, I think if you're the league now, and and this is just insanely complicated to navigate, um, if you play this one and how you play the next one and where do you put it and when do you do it and what does it do to next week's schedule and then that's going into the playoffs on potentially short. Like there are so yeah. many potential things to navigate if you're the league. Quite frankly, the simplest solution would be just an outright cancellation of the game. But you've got fans to consider. You've got the wishes of the players to consider. And I think that's probably where they start and finish. Once we get any sort of update on DeMar Hamlin, coaches, talk to your players. What do you guys want to do? And we'll just, you know, we'll we'll support that and we'll do that. You guys want to play the game? We'll play the game. You guys just want to let it go? We'll let it go, and we'll figure out the rest later. A uh, lot and lot, a lot of you know things involved in decisions like that. So I wouldn't expect one terribly quickly. I would imagine that there's been very little sleep as everybody that has to make those decisions continues to try to make them while waiting on a medical condition of Demar Hamblin. We'll come back. We'll try and track down Dan Israel, executive producer of the Chiefs Radio Network, get some perspective. We'll continue on the show here. Uh, talk a little college football. TCU makes it through. Talk a little college basketball. Games on the slate tonight. Hour number two, Sports Daily, coming right up. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. <sighs> 
Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, oh, oh. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. 